0: Welcome to the 18th episode of the PFG Vibecast. I am your host Julie White and with me as always is Mr. Russell Baxter. Tonight we get down to talking NFL draft along with the NFL releasing the schedules for all 32 teams today. So, without further ado, let's get this show started. Russell,
1: You know, even before the Houston Texans um, joined the NFL in 2002, and there was no football in Houston for a number of years, I was doing radio down in Houston with two gentlemen named uh, John Granato and Lance Zirline. And in 2002, they had the expansion draft in Houston. And I was very fortunate uh, when I was with ESPN to go down and cover it and uh, work it, I actually, I should say, because we did the broadcast. And I finally got to meet John and Lance, and it was so much fun. We got to see each other the following year at Super Bowl in Houston, and over the years, uh, done my share of radio with Lance. Uh, More importantly, Lance is now one of the lead draft analysts for NFL.com. We had a short stint together at the short-lived NFL magazine, (laughs) and um, lo and behold, now I get a chance to talk to him on the PFG Vibecast, Lance Erlein. Thanks so much for joining Julie and I tonight.
2: It's great to be on. How are
1: you guys doing? Well, we're doing good. I, mean, I know I'm doing good. It's, 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 it's like Christmas today. I mean, you, you think about, I got my hour Lads book in the mail. I get the draft with you, and now the NFL schedule comes out Wednesday night. I mean, that is the, the trifecta for a football guy. That's, there's a lot of football going on there. Well, speaking of a lot of football, this NFL draft class, I know people like to talk about the quarterbacks and Kyler Murray and Haskins and all that, but, you know, if I did my homework right, this is a draft top-heavy with defensive linemen. Um, Pick and choose what kind of style of lineman you want, pass rusher, stay-at-home guy. Uh, How would you rate this group of defensive linemen coming out? We've had other groups in the past – um, you know, where with you know you saw a lot of these guys go early in the draft. Um, what do you think overall of this group of defensive linemen, pass rushers, etc.? Lance. Well, you know it's 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 interesting
2: because it is a a deep group of of early round defensive linemen. I'm not sure it's, and I think the draft is top heavy, obviously with with the defensive front. I'm not sure that they're you know, as Hall of Fame talent in this year's mm-hmm. draft. I'm not sure that there's going to be – it's funny. I was I was working on uh, some draft stuff with Daniel Jeremiah the other day at the NFL.com uh, offices, and we were two of the only ones in there other than some people in the newsroom. And while we were going through kind of the draft board and stacking the board before he takes stuff to Nashville, um, the 2012 draft was on in the background on NFL Network. And, boy, it was amazing how bad that draft was. When you see the first-round picks and you see how many people failed to, you know, become players, it really does, It, it really does. Um, I think, bring to mind the fact that – in listening to guys like Mike Mayock, who is as sharp as they come, talk about what he likes about some of these guys and how they're going to be good players, and then they end up being total bust. I mean, it really does speak to the fact that they look one way to us in January, February, and March, and even April, but then once once you get in a the camp, there's so many factors that go into being a successful player, not just a good starter, because being a good starter is great. If you can become a good starter in the NFL, you have really made it in the NFL. That doesn't mean you're going to be a pro, Bowler. it doesn't mean you're going to be an all-pro, and it definitely doesn't mean you're going to be a Hall of Famer. So I think there are some good starters. With all that said, I think there are good starters in this draft. I'm just not sure that there are a lot of all pros in this draft on the defensive front. Now, everyone before the draft will tell you that they can point out four or five that that have a good chance of being all pros, but when you just do the math, that's really not how it works. That's a very small, select group of players that end up being all pro caliber players, and uh, I don't know that this draft is going to be heavy with that kind of player, but there are starters on the defensive line that are going to come in and help teams, a lot of them are going to help teams fairly quickly
1: would would you, th- would you say that defensive line is the strength of the draft overall Lance
2: yeah yeah I would I do think defensive line you know draft I measure draft strength in terms of what kind of or what kind of impact the, the best players can have, and then how long can you get players that can be good backups into good starters and, and that includes average starters you know above average starters and then the good starters so I do think there are solid you know good backups are very valuable in the league as, as mm-hmm. you guys both know so that you fill out a roster with good backups who can step in and become average starters if need be and I think there's that kind of talent defensive line wise um as well it's just this this defensive draft it just it, it has holes here and there for a lot of the top players. That's what's unusual about this draft. There's very few top talents that you can say they check a lot of the the boxes. There's just there's noticeable holes in a lot of prospects' draft
1: profiles this year. Well, that brings me to my next question then. If defensive line is the strength of the draft, what would you say is the next position or group in terms of strength? What would be what would follow defensive linemen in this draft?
2: Well, I think for me it's going to be offensive line. I think the offensive line is stronger than it's been now. It's been relatively weak. It's been very weak the last few years. But in this draft, I think you're going to have three early starters at the center position, Eric McCoy, Garrett Bradbury, and Eckleton Jenkins. And then, um, you know, then you're going to get into the tackle position where I think you've got a chance, depending on how you see – Jonah Williams is a guard or a tackle or maybe even a center. I think Jonah's going to be a good starter. Andre Dillard has a chance to be a good starter. Juwan Taylor should be a good starter. So Cody Ford has a chance to be a solid starter inside at guard to me more than a tackle. Dalton Reisner, there's just more guys that I can point to that I feel better this year than I have in, in the last several years of saying I can find several starters from tackle – to tackle, including both guard spots and the center spot in this year's draft. So I think this year is kind of an underrated season in terms of uh, offensive line. There's not the big monster that is – you know, Quentin Nelson is not in this draft, and he is a Hall of Fame caliber talent. In my estimation, I thought he was when he was coming out. But there are some guys who are going to step into early starting roles and and be long-time starters. So I think that really makes it kind of quietly maybe – the deepest, the deepest position in this draft is
1: offensive line. Well, my final question will be a a little bit of a curveball for you and so on, but maybe it's something you've already thought about. What's the team of the 32 teams, Lance, that intrigues you the most going into next Thursday?
2: Oh, it's definitely the Raiders. I mean, three first-round picks automatically makes you an intriguing team because you have power to move open a draft at any point and anytime you want you got the draft capital go get the player that you covet that's just the truth now that makes you intriguing do I think that they're going to do that no I don't think they'll use that because there are just too many holes then you got Mike Mayock and how is Mike Mayock going to perform along with John Gruden what's that what's that power structure going to look like in terms of who makes picks and who doesn't and who has the the influence and and you know how do they address the needs they have they need defensive line they need you know they need pass rush at defensive tackle defensive end they need a linebacker they need some offensive line help how do they utilize their three picks to try to transform that team John Gruden couldn't do it by himself last year started getting a little bit better play out of Derek Carr toward the end of the season and now you add Mike Mayock who we all know and love for years and years watching him on television and so TV guy now goes into the draft room. I think that's a very intriguing uh, uh, set of subplots that, that you can combine together into several different narratives and storylines that you can follow. And then, of course, the specter of heading to Las Vegas in a, in a year or two. I think that's you know in the background, but, but it's always something to consider because the guys that you take in this draft, one or two of them could become the faces of the future for the Raiders.
0: So um, I want to take it a little different th- um, direction right now um, so tonight being um, Wednesday night we had the release of the NFL schedules and pretty much you know to me I think it's a pretty fair sketched you know schedule um, but with everything coming on just a short out you know a few hours ago, um, what do you feel that's going to be the top games of the coming season is it going to be pretty much like title rematch games or are these top free agency teams that picked up great picks um what mm-hmm. do you see from there
1: well
2: it's interesting i only briefly had a chance to look over uh i looked over some of the research notes that, that nfl sent out for uh you know for some of the scheduled games and of course the first thing i do is look at texans games because i cover the texans here in houston and right off the bat i mean the texans go to new orleans and I think that's a very interesting Monday Night Football game right right out of the gates. But I think another one is, is Indian, the rematch between Indianapolis and Indianapolis goes to Kansas City. I think it's Indy at Kansas City. And yeah. there's Andrew Luck, but this time the weather should be better. And right. there's Andrew Luck, potentially with a fortified um a fortified off you know set of offensive weapons taking on pat mahomes i -hmm. think it's going to be a lot different this time i think we have a chance to see a real shootout we expected it last time we just got a beat down by the kansas city chiefs over the colts so i think that one could be substantially different i think that one is uh is a very interesting game as well and then another there was another um Thursday night game that I was really excited about seeing. It slips my mind right now. I have to go look at the packet, but um, there was some other, you know, there were some other interesting notes as well. There are three different teams that have to play four road games mm-hmm. over a five game stretch, which I, to this day, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I'm just really surprised that the NFL allows that to happen. Now, if you do well during those stretches then, then you're going to come out of it in great shape. I guess it's kind of like having the, you know, it, it's kind of like having that outside the uh, the outside turn. You get the in track and field where you have the staggered starts, and if you really do well around the corner, around the edge, then it can make all the difference in the world because you eat up that, you know, you eat up that stagger, um, that that or your stagger. You're able to extend your stagger, so it's kind of the same thing with me. If if you got four road games over a five-game schedule, and you come out of that with, with three road wins and you take care of your business at home, I don't care who you are. You are set up to, to be in really good position come playoff time. So, but I'm still always surprised that there's not a little bit more balance with the NFL schedule because they don't have the same difficulties, in my opinion, you know, that, that Major League Baseball, and to a lesser extent, Major League – I mean, uh,
1: the NBA has. Mm-hmm. It's funny you should bring that up, that stretch, Uh, Lance. Oh, and by the way, uh, both you and Julie were talking about Indy at Kansas City. Uh, One thing that really intrigues me about that game is Justin Houston will now be facing Patrick Mahomes instead of Andrew Luck. Exactly. But Lance, you said something about the – talk about the Raiders for a second. They opened uh, the season with their first two games at home. Uh, Now talk about a wrinkle. At Minnesota, at Indianapolis – they play the Bears, they're off at Green Bay and at Houston, so that four Ooh. is in five things, but here's here's the 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 Bears game is in London and, and that's a road game or home game Well, it's a home game, considering, but their home yeah. game is in London, so they are basically away so they're going to lose in weeks they two. lose a home game, and they're on the
2: road the entire time.
1: right. Exactly. Wow. That's, that's going to be really
2: brutal. And that really, you talked about some teams that could play football too. So those road, those road teams you talked about, that's going to be very, very difficult um, for the Raiders. And that's what, well, that's why, see, that's why when you look at things like that and you look at what Indianapolis did and Indianapolis, and now this is not the norm, but they're able to draft two all pros in the first and second mm-hmm. round. That's how you turn, that's how you, well, and you of course get Andrew Luck back at full strength. But that's how you can turn your your fortunes around very, very quickly is if you get those kind of quick impact players in the draft. And here the Raiders have three players. And almost when you read that schedule to me, I'm just thinking, boy, they really need to hit in the first round because they got to get some guys who can come in and play in the first round. It's just that's what the roster looks like. You've got holes up the middle defensively. You've got holes on the offensive line, or at least one at guard. And I would argue – I'm not sure Colton Miller is going to be the answer to tackle, uh, which I think they may be bumping him down inside the guard potentially this year as well. So, boy, that almost that almost intensifies the need for them to hit a home run in that first round of that draft. And not just hit a home run, but get guys that can help now.
1: Yeah, they might need Bryce Harper in there um, <laughs> in terms of a home, yeah. home run. I'm going to – if you don't mind, Lance, I'm going to throw in one more question. Um, yeah. We already kind of alluded to it uh, with the Colts, um, obviously getting Quentin Nelson um, and Darius Leonard uh, when they did, but also drafting two offensive linemen in the first two rounds, getting Braden Smith in the second when they already had Nelson. Um, I asked John McClain this on one of our earlier editions of the, of the Vibecast. Uh, the Texans have a first-round pick, which they didn't have last year. They have two mm-hmm. second round picks, which they didn't have any last year. Do you see them maybe doing what the Colts did, and you know, maybe grabbing a couple offensive linemen early? Because that's certainly I think, a concern for them.
2: a hundred percent. I mean, I would say out of the Texans' first four picks. It wouldn't shock me to see them go, O line, O line, cornerback, cornerback. Because when you look at the corner situation, they're almost equally desperate there. Jonathan Joseph is old. He's got a year left, Max. I'm surprised he's back this year. Bradley Roby's on a one-year deal. Um, You really have have just Band-Aids. You've got bridge guys right now at cornerback, potentially. You've got two cornerbacks who are on one-year deals through free agency. Uh, Jonathan Joseph, who's an older cornerback. And then you've got no real left tackle. Matt Khalil's a Band-Aid left tackle. Julian Davenport is definitely not the answer. I would argue Chantreau Henderson. I mean, there's no way you can count on him to make it through a season. He hasn't really done that since 2015. So yeah, the Texans really need to 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 add, I would argue, not just one, but they need to add they need to add two offensive linemen. And it would help if one of the tackles they draft could play guard. Because maybe if one of these guys hit a tackle that you, you know, you're trying to develop, then maybe you bump one inside the guard. But the Texans almost have to double up on the offensive line and maybe even triple up because I would argue that they need more competition at guard. They definitely need competition for Nick Martin at center. And I don't think they have the answer at either tackle position. So, Russell, two offensive linemen is is a definite yes this draft. I wouldn't be shocked to see three offensive linemen and maybe two cornerbacks. So, there's, there's really, they're going to be very, very heavy with O-line and cornerback through all three days of the draft, in my estimation, and it wouldn't shock me to see them jump into the jump in with a, uh, a wide receiver pick and a running back pick as well.
1: Well, I don't know if the Texans are going to have the answers, but I know for the last 15 minutes or so, you had all the answers. <laughs> well, opinions. There's a big difference.
2: <laughs> Ask my wife. I've got lots of opinions. I don't think I have all the answers. She'll tell you that. <laughs>
1: Well, you answered when we called, and that's probably more important to us than anything else. And, uh, so the number I,
2: one ability, I've always been told, number one ability is availability, Russell. And so that's, that's
1: what it that's is. The, uh, I think I, I know a coach, a coach or two has said that to me as well. But, yeah, that's
2: it. And I'm a coach's son, so I've heard it
1: before. Uh, absolutely you are. Uh, Lance, thanks so much for taking out some extra time uh, to speak with us tonight. Um, good luck. Uh, during the draft for three days, all the hard work you've put in for the last months, um, I know will pay off. And uh, it's always great to talk to you. Well, it's great catching up again, and I appreciate you guys having me on.
0: Thanks, Lance.
1: Thanks, Julie. Well, as this hits, um, Twitter and Facebook and all social media, uh, the 18th edition of the Vibecast, we will be exactly seven days away from the 2019 NFL draft. And there are a few better people to have on like we just did uh, with Lance Zerline does outstanding work for NFL.com still does a lot of radio down in Houston. Um, You can follow Lance on Twitter at Lance Zerline Lance Z I E R L-E-I-N, all one word. Um, he's a great follow, so much information, catches work on NFL.com as well. And Julie, uh, quite the day for us today. We got to talk football with Lance, and the NFL schedule came out.
0: It did feel a lot like Christmas, and I just could not wait. And I'm one of those persons that just, I, I don't follow the rumors. I wait until that exact time. No disappointment. I'm loving the cold schedule. You know, with you and, and Lance bringing up the poor Raiders, I think maybe they're going to have the toughest schedule in the NFL. What do you think?
1: Well, it's, it's, it's a really uh, – I, I like the point that Lance made in the sense that – and I have seen this also with other teams as well – if you can survive, basically, a stretch like that early in the season, mm-hmm. means, obviously, you're going to play a lot of home games on the back end for the most part, okay? I mean, common sense, eight home games, eight road games. The, you know, the, the kind of the wrinkle with the Raiders is that one of their home games happens to be in the middle of that game stretch, and it happens to be in London, England, mm-hmm. the Chicago Bears. And lo and behold... Um, I get this funny feeling some guy named Khalil Mack might be really interested in seeing the team <laughs> that dealt him away a year ago. So could bring, it could mean, bring new meaning to the word uh, London calling.
0: <laughs> Bears fans, get your passports ready.
1: Yes, it should be fun. But anyway, uh, like I said, the schedule's out. The draft is a week away. Uh, football is in the air. You're right. It's Christmas, okay? Um, And And
0: it even snowed in Indiana, so it is
1: Christmas. It is, exactly. And, um, you know, starting on April 25th for three days, uh, there will be 254 gifts under the trees with the 32 teams. So something to keep in mind. Um, Mm -hmm. If you enjoy what you hear on the PFG podcast, um, just keep listening. Check out profootballguru.com. You can find... All of our episodes that we've done to date with some outstanding guests and people who have been very, very gracious with their time with us. Again, we want to thank Lance Zerline. So for PFG Vibe on Twitter, for Julie Noted underscore PFG on Twitter, and for Bax football guru, coincidentally, on Twitter, thanks for listening to the latest edition of the PFG Vibecast.
0: So long, everybody.